Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. has two bachelor's degrees, a master's degree, and she recently received her administration license. Lauren sent over this. She said she has a 21-year-old pet cat named Savannah. I did not know cats can live for 21 years. Um, that is a long time. So you had her, Lauren, when you were in high school? Oh. I've had her half my life. Oh my gosh. I've had her since <laughs> I was 21. <laughs> And a bearded dragon. I have, don't think I've ever seen a bearded dragon. I also well, wanna, have to show him to you. He's <laughs> looking right at me right now. <laughs> and I also want to share that Lauren is being really modest about a lot of her accomplishments. She is literally one of the best middle school science teachers in the state of Tennessee. As you can see in the background, she has her teacher of the year for Shelby County Schools in the state of Tennessee. Shelby County Schools is so huge, you all, such a huge school district that it actually has its own like category almost. So she received Teacher of the Year and she actually advanced so to receive almost the state title. So she's been really modest with her accomplishments. And I want her, I'm just so grateful for that she's here today. And Lauren, is there anything that you want to share with with our audience or anything else additional that I may have missed that you think that they may find, may um, find beneficial? Well, I will share this. Um, I know when we're first starting out, it is extremely difficult because we feel as teachers that we're kind of like on an island by ourselves. And sometimes we end up being on that island and we don't feel like we have a lot of assistance and we don't feel like we have a lot of help. So I love the fact that there are groups out there and there are Facebook groups now available to teachers like your group, um, Melissa, because I feel like it helps a lot to have all of these teachers coming together to help each other. When I like um, uh, when I first started out eight years ago, I really felt very, very by myself. Yeah. Like teachers would share, they would share their uh, their stuff, but yeah. they wouldn't show me how to use it. Yeah. And that was the problem that I was having because um, I would have a, all these great resources and all these wonderful things, but I did not know how to apply it. And a lot of times people don't think about the fact that when you are applying these things, you really have to make those adjustments per class. You really do. Yeah. And it, uh, you're making adjustments all day long. And it is something that you do have to get used to. It is something that uh, takes practice and it takes time. So if you feel like you're on an island by yourself and you feel like you are frustrated, don't give up. Just keep pushing. Ask some of your other teachers, even teachers that are not in your subject. Some of the best planning I ever did was with Ms. Hildebrand, who is a social studies teacher. We need to have Ms. Hildebrand on here. I, you all will, by the way, you all will love Ms. Hildebrand. I know she has a lot going on in her life right now, but yeah. I'm going to ask her, would she be open to coming on here to share some social studies oh, strategies? I bet she would. Things. Yeah, I yeah. bet she would. Yeah. And, yeah. But like I said, some of the greatest planning I've ever done is with people that are not in my subject. And it's really good to have other people look at it because you get a fresh eyes, you get a fresh perspective. Because yeah. sometimes I'm stuck in my little science bubble and I don't think about how I could use ELA with that or how I could you know, bring in social studies or how I could bring in math. And it's really good to reach out to those other teachers so that you can see what can you use from other subjects to make it more cross-curricular. Mm -hmm. And that actually helps, especially with our ESL students to it see- does you know, I can use this here and I can use this here. So I can use both of these strategies in all of these classes. 
It really does. So it does help. I think you said something really powerful is that teachers sometimes share resources, but they don't really show you how to use those resources. Right. So if you don't mind sharing with us as a first year teacher, I know we kind of talked about this for a moment. Do you mind sharing like, how did you become like a first year teacher to teacher of the year eight years later? Like, how did that happen? Like, what it, is your, your story and your journey? To it that? was a lot of productive struggle. Mm-hmm. A lot of productive struggle. Um, I first started out in eighth grade science. And like I said, I had wonderful resources given to me, but because, you know, our school is so huge. We had yeah. so many students and it's so, 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 so busy because it was six through eight, but we had over 1200 kids. Yes. Yes. So it's constantly busy, constantly all this stuff going on. So not everybody can really take the time to sit down and say, okay, this is how you do this. Learning as I went. You know, using my knowledge of science, thank goodness they put me in science because science is my absolute favorite subject. One of my degrees is a biology degree. So science has always been my favorite. So thankfully I got the subject that I wanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And that helped a lot because I had a lot of prior knowledge. So my prior knowledge really, really helped me. Um, But as I was going, I mean, I had a lot of eighth graders and one of my eighth graders, actually my, um, my first year, I'll have to share this with you. (laughs) One of my eighth graders. I got the uh, teacher of the week on channel three, my first year teaching because she nominated me. Yeah. So um, I feel like, you know, that really helped. That was a really good boost (laughs) to realize that the students liked how I was teaching. They liked what I was doing. Um, I had to learn the rubric. I mean, my first observation, I'm not going to lie. It was horrible. Yeah, mine was so I didn't, bad too. I didn't get any ones, but lots of twos. Lots of twos and threes. threes. Yeah. You know? So it was um it was a learning experience. It was definitely a learning curve trying to learn how to use that rubric and how to apply that, you know, to every day. And then the next couple of years, um, again, it was a struggle. And it really does take having good people around you and really good coaches and really good leaders. Mm-hmm. And that really does make a huge, huge difference. Cause I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be 100% transparent. Yeah. My third year going into my third year, they moved me to sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I was not happy about this situation. Yeah. I was on the chopping block. Mm. It was between yes. me and another teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was given a huge list of stuff that I had to do. Wow. And they moved me to sixth grade. And I got to tell you, if it wasn't for that sixth grade team, I could have drowned. Oh, wow. So do you mind sharing a little bit more? Because I think that's also really powerful is like, what were some things that that sixth grade team did to kind of, well, I I was given a list. I was given a list of things that I needed to do. You know, I was given Mm -hmm. a plan. Uh I was given um, a a teacher plan and I went to them and I sat down and I said, look, I want to learn. Yeah. I want to be better but I need someone to show me how to do this because I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that I'm having. I have all these wonderful resources and I have all of these things in front of me, but I don't know how to use them and I don't know how to apply it properly. So this is what I have to do. Please show me how to do this. Just walk me through it. I will do anything that you need me to do. I am willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Avery looked at my list. And she looked down the list and she looked at me. She said, okay, baby, if you're doing it, we're all doing it. And they walked me through Mm -hmm. every single thing and showed me how to do 
everything. So if it was not for Dr. Avery and uh, Miss Schmidt Stokes, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, you, you gotta have those teachers in your corner. Yeah. You, you know, it's so wonderful to have people who are willing to advocate for you to have people who are willing to sit down with you and people who are willing to teach you. And now that we have so much, like we have podcasts, you know, we have Facebook groups, we have all of these things and we have the ability to make these short videos. Mm -hmm. And you know how many videos I made for the teachers. I know. Yeah. And, but having that available to them made it so much easier, especially for our older teachers who really aren't like super technology savvy. Yeah. They could go back and watch the video over and over to try to get what they needed to get for teams. So it takes, you know, those people, it takes the people who are willing to sit down with you and who are willing to talk with you and thank God for that sixth grade team, because they made a world of difference for me, for sure. Yeah. I like how you said that you just, you, you took the initiative and went out and get help. And I think the same with me too, like you having a really good set of a good team around you Mm -hmm. and also mentors and coaches around you that you go to them and say, Hey, I I need help. I know for me, the biggest thing was coming from, and kind of think we we came in on the same time as coming from like a corporate background Mm -hmm. um, and dealing with those standards. I mean, oh my gosh, they are overwhelming. It's a lot. It's like 15 things they want you to do in one standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot for, for a new teacher. Um, I'm going to dive in. I want to ask, what do you think, um, as a science teacher and as a new science teacher, what were some of the things that you saw or some challenges that you, that you see, or that you saw ESL teachers facing in your, in your classroom? Um, one of the main issues in the very beginning, not so much now was the lack of technology. So there were so many things that on, you know, technologically available that we couldn't access. Yeah. yeah. So we have so many things that we have access to now that we didn't have access to before. Like even our translators are better. So now like with Google translate before you only had Spain Spanish, and now (laughs) you have the ability to access that Latin American Spanish, which most of our students needed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was a huge struggle in the beginning was being able to translate things properly because it was hard to do because the majority of our students, you know, were from Honduras and Guatemala and, you know, like all those places. And we only had the Spain, Spanish translations and it's completely different. Yeah. Do you think in science, you need a lot of translation? Um, Um, Not, not so much. Um, I do it in the beginning and then I wean them off of it. Okay. Can you tell us more about that, Lauren? I'm sorry to jump in, but I think that's so important too. Yeah. You do it in the beginning, but you kind of wean them off like how does that look like in your classroom um well uh so I got a lot of translated notes thank goodness for Steve Mitchell (laughs) um and he gave me a lot of translated notes and all of those translated notes have it written in English and then in Spanish Mm -hmm. so everything is there for them to see because Mm -hmm. the most important thing with science is the vocabulary Mm, yeah. because they are exposed to so many different words and all of these words, like they have heterozygous and homozygous and Golgi apparatus and all of these big words. And they're probably like, I have never in my life heard anything similar to this. Yeah. Like you, you can't really like, it's hard to relate it to certain things because it's just brand new words. Uh-huh. And, um, that is the number one thing that they have to learn in science is the vocabulary. If they get the vocabulary, everything else is cake. I love so, that. Um, yeah. All of the notes are English, Spanish, English, Spanish, English, Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then I will start them out with a translated test mm-hmm. and then we'll slowly kind of wean them off of it. Because here's the thing, the benchmark tests, 
are not translated. The standard tests at the end of the year, the state tests are not translated. They don't get anything translated by the end of the year. So it, they need to be really exposed to all of that vocabulary and all of those words. But we have so many things available to us now. Yeah. That's so great. It makes things so much better and so much easier mm-hmm. than it was when I first started, for sure. Yeah, I think it's really good to hear from a perspective of a science teacher that is in the thick. And then you mentioning those end of the year state tests. And mm-hmm. I want to say, I feel like um, this is kind of touchy for ESL teachers because we want everything, you know, all the accommodations and, mm-hmm. and all the goodies at the end. But the reality of it is that those end of the year state tests you may have extended time. I know like for right. hours in Tennessee, we, we have extended time and a read aloud in English. That's, you really don't get a lot of accommodations. Mm-hmm. So you do need to start, like you said, providing them those, those scaffolds, those supports, but then slowly taking those away. So mm-hmm. when they get to those state standards or those state assessments at the end of the year, I mean, every year you all, I have, I have a child breakdown, like crying. I know a lot of you all looking may or listening may have had that same experience because they're like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't read it. And and I think that's a whole nother, you know, conversation, but the reality of it is, is that they're going to have those state assessments um, at the end of the year and getting them prepared for it as much as possible, as much as you can throughout the school year is, is really, really important. Laura, you mentioned, I don't know if this is, I didn't know if I included this, but how do you teach vocabulary in your classroom? Um, There are some, uh, now I have a lot more available to me. So before it was a lot of flashcards. Um, It was a lot of flashcards with the words, the definition, uh, the definition as simple as I can possibly make it. I don't, I don't use really wordy definitions. Okay. There is no reason for my ESL student to learn a 10 word definition when <laughs> I can tell you that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and it gives energy. That's all you need to know. Mitochondria gives energy. That's it. <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to know that it is a kidney shaped organelle mm-hmm. with folds, but you, you don't need to know all that. Yeah. You just need to know the mitochondria gives us energy. Okay. That's it. And then provide them with a picture. Okay. So now though, we have all of these wonderful things available to us. So Quizlet is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Boom cards are fabulous. So I use those a lot now. Those you are my are the first middle school teacher I heard to say they use boom cards. I know they're really popular in elementary school. Um, oh, I love them. I don't even know what love a boom them. card is. What is a boom card? I keep hearing about them. But I it no is. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, um, if I can pull it up and share, if it'll let me. Okay, here we go. So here are some of the boom cards. So for example, we were learning last week about elements and compounds. So it gives you the definition for some things and then some things it'll give you a picture. So for this one, you know, it gives you this. So I know that if it's not chemically combined, it's a mixture. And then, so it'll give you this and you can just practice over and over and over again, as many times as you need to. And then it'll give you pictures. So it'll give you water. So it gives you it gives you a picture of the water and it gives you the chemical formula. And they know that if it's a chemical formula with more than one capital letter, then it's a compound. Oh my gosh. This is so adorable. So oh these are, goodness. these are phenomenal. So yeah, this is, this is one of my absolute favorite things to use is boom cards. And I usually will get them on um, teachers pay teachers, the mm-hmm. science duo. Okay. I will make sure to probably link my favorite. Okay. <laughs> 
They're probably my favorite. They, I feel like they make the best boom cards Mm -hmm. and I'll get them from them. A lot of times you can also create your own. So you do Mm -hmm. have the ability to create your own boom cards on boom learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, but why reinvent the wheel if somebody already did it? So uh, no, is it <laughs> like, free is, or is it something you have to pay for? Some like, of them are paid. Teacher, yeah. Some of them are paid and usually it's about like $2. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, $2, if it's something that's already done for you and that you right. can use. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about it and you can use it over and over and over again. So it's always there. I love that idea. I'll make sure that you all to link the science duo um, teacher pay teacher store. If you all want to go check out some of their, their resources as well. Um, I was going to ask you, you mentioned vocabulary, mm-hmm. but what are some other challenges that you see or that you're seeing with ESL students when it comes to science? I know vocabulary and the translation, sometimes that may be hard. Yeah, are there and, and any other challenges that you may see with your students? Yes. So sometimes they need to write. And mm. sometimes we have to have them write certain things. And, the, and, and that is a struggle. It's a struggle when you don't understand the language. It's a struggle when you're first learning the language. Um, so what I have done in the past, and again, I can show you kind of, um, I can share my screen and show you something that I've done. I'm sure they would um, love that. Yeah. So, and this actually works with your SPED students as well as your ESL students. So this is a fabulous tool that I've used previously. I had, I had them do an essay on energy. So what I did was I broke it down by paragraph and I said, okay, answer each sentence, answer each question as a sentence, and then you will have your essay written. So I provided them with questions and I was, so for paragraph one, they had to answer what is energy and why is energy important? And then paragraph two, they go into kinetic energy and then into electrical energy and mechanical energy and potential. So just giving them simple questions to answer Mm-hmm. And all they have to do is answer in one sentence and they know that they can just reword the question. Oh, wow. This is really good, Lauren. You mind sharing this, just this template or whatever? Did you make this yourself? Or... I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did this. sharing it with, with anybody that may ask? Some people may ask. Sure. Can I? Okay. Yeah. So I want to say that anybody watching this, if you're co-teaching with a science teacher, I think this is really good. Um, one of the things that you can do in addition to what Lauren did, because this is a, just pretty much a graphic organizer, is that you can add sentence frames next to it. So for example, mm-hmm. what is energy? Lauren could have energy, energy is, is blank, you know, um, you know, and maybe a word bank as well if you are, if you have newcomers. So any new teachers out there that are looking at, or any veteran teachers are like, well, how can I further scaffold this for my newcomers or my students that may be struggling with writing? That is a great way to do it um, as well. Lauren, do you model with them how to do this in your classroom? Yes. Okay. Yes. And especially in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. um, it's it's more difficult when students come in, like in the middle of the year. So for example, I just got a brand new student in my classroom who is um, non-English speaking. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to teach him how we do certain things. So it's, it's, I'm having to kind of start over with him, but now that we have all of these resources, um, it makes it a little bit easier. So now when I'm going over notes, I have my translator up on my PowerPoint, which is the best thing ever. I don't know if everybody knows about the translator (laughs) on PowerPoint, but it is the best thing in the world. Um, cause I, and I have that up too, if you want me to show them how to, yeah, that. that would be great. That would be so, good. Yeah. Um, in order to use this though, I do need to tell you, um, you have to go to office365.com uh-huh. and I'll go, I'll go there and show you what I mean. Okay. 
uh, because you have to go to to Office 365 and you have to log in um, with your account. And there is, um, I'm trying to see, come on. Okay, apparently it's just gonna say trying to sign you in, trying to sign you in <laughs> a thousand times. Okay, cancel, let me just enter my password. Whoa, wow, spazzy. Hold on, let's try that again. <laughs> because I know one thing, like with the PowerPoint, like when you pull it up at the bottom, like you can have it, like the translation mm -hmm. at the bottom while so, you're speaking. Is that what you're talking about? Which is really good. Yeah. Apparently Office 365 is having a spazzy moment. <laughs> so we're going to let that go. But in order to use this, you have to go to Office 365 and you have to select download desktop apps. Okay. Okay. So in order to get this feature, in order to have this feature on your PowerPoint, download desktop apps. Okay. So when you go to, I just had one pulled up. So when you go here, if you're at home, you're going to go to slideshow and you're going to see over here where it says always use subtitles. Uh -huh. And then it has your subtitle settings and you can choose your spoken language and your subtitle language. So wow. I have my subtitle language set to Spanish. Mm -hmm. So when I go to hit slideshow and I start talking, as I am talking, oh wow, you it's going to translate at the top. Yeah. So everything that I am saying to the students gets translated as I'm saying it for that student. Wow, you all, this is a great tool, especially if you are co-teaching as well. Yes, this is just a great tool to use for the students. I love this. Um, and I'm curious to know, um, are there any other languages? I'm pretty sure it's probably quite a few. Oh, yeah. Languages yeah. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, here, let me, let me uh, go back to it and I can show you. Um, so the subtitle settings, spoken language, look, it's got all of these. There are so, a lot of languages out there, you all. Um, and we want to say we are using Spanish because Spanish we have here in Memphis and in Shelby County. We have a very, very high uh, population of Spanish students. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're I know, in other places around the country, around the world, you all may have uh, another uh, set of students that you're servicing. So definitely play around with those and see what meets the needs of your students. I would also say, just throwing out an idea, if you have a mixture of mm -hmm. students, possibly, like Lauren said, maybe recording the PowerPoint mm -hmm. and then letting them translate it or letting them see the translation as it goes, especially some of you all out there that are still doing um, virtual learning as mm -hmm. well. That will be really good. That is a really good tool um, to use. And also, if you have um, the ability, if the, if the people, if they will allow the students, if your students have devices, that is, yeah. if they will allow the students to download those desktop apps that they have the ability to translate, they can turn the subtitle settings on on theirs mm. and set it to their preferred language so that it listens to you and translates for them on their screen. As it's going, that is really as it's good. Going. I mm -hmm. love that. I can't wait to use that as yeah. well. I really like that. I was gonna ask you, Lauren, cause I'm trying to get all the, all the good things. <laughs> um, do you, you said you do boom cards, the PowerPoint yes. for that. Do you incorporate speaking into your science lessons? Um, I do. do. How um, do you do that? I do make it a little bit different. Um, so if ever there's a project that I need the students to speak, or if I just want to know if they know something, because sometimes, especially for ESL students, it's very hard for them to communicate with the written word. 
It's a little bit easier for them to communicate verbally. Mm-hmm. But what I don't do is I do not ask them to come to me. I ask them to record it. And the reason I do that is because number one, it gives them think time. Okay. And number two, they're not so nervous. Yeah. Because they're by themselves. So they're not going to get tripped up. They're not going to start stammering and get really even more nervous and more anxious and struggle even more. So a lot of times when it comes to speaking, if I need them to speak about something, I ask them to record it and send it to me. I really love that. I think you said some really good tools in there. You said think time, allow them to process it and think. I know that was something I had to work on is I'm like, okay, just give me an answer. You know, right. I wasn't really <laughs> right. doing a lot of think time. And also, it also kind of gives them time they need to write something down or jot some notes down or anything to record. Do you have any favorite apps that you like to use to record them on? I know some people um, have some favorites. But do you have I any really, I like a uh, screencastify is good because they can record their, they can record their face as they're speaking. Um, and they have the ability to do it for free. I think, um, I don't know if it's Screencastify or Screencast-O-Matic. One of them allows you to record for free for like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. That's way so more than a time. They're able, to, they're able to do what they need to do within like a five minute time frame, and then get that done and then they can send it to me. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So thank you for sharing that. I know, I didn't think to you, I know a lot of people use Flipgrid, but something oh, like Flipgrid's screen, great too. Yeah. Yeah. Something like screen, something where they can actually record their screen and mm-hmm. maybe even showing you what they're doing or how they got to, to their answer is really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, I know you use interactive notebooks a lot in your classroom. Yes. Could you share some information about how you use them in your classroom? Um, so the reason I love interactive notebooks is because, like I said, I'm a very like short, sweet and to the point person. Like, I don't like to be wordy, verbose. I don't want to go on and on and on. I don't want to give these kids a whole lot of information that they just simply don't need. So I need you to understand this is what you need. These are the information that you need. I like doodle notes also because they're also very short, sweet and to the point. I love doodle notes. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. My so here's <laughs> I have my, one of my interactive notebook things here and we did physical and chemical changes. So not only that, but it makes it a little bit more, you know, for your kinesthetic learners, they have a little bit more to play around with and touch and manipulate. And, and this one for here, it just has like evidence of chemical changes and you can pull it down and see like the evidence of the chemical changes, but you have, you know, the pictures there and you have examples and stuff like that, that they can really look at and, mess around with. So that's why I like the interactive notebooks, just because it makes things, I guess, more tangible. Because, you know, you got a lot of different learners in your class. Like certain learners are visual learners. You have some that like are tactile. They want to touch something. And having that notebook in them to be able to manipulate certain things and to play around with things does help. Um, We do a lot of hands-on in science. So uh, that helps too. But I like the interactive notebooks because you can, like, it's just a one-pager. Like, this is the information that I need. I don't need you to have three pages of notes. I need you to get this one pager. Here's the important stuff. Let's apply it. Does it take a lot of time? Because you said like you have it down. But I know some Um, people say it takes a lot of time for it. In the beginning, yes. In the beginning, yes. But once, once the students get to it, like once they get the hang of it, just make, make it a station. That's a good idea. As you're, as you're <laughs> rotating your stations, hey, this is your note station. This is what you're going to do. Here's my example of what it should look like in your notebook. Go. 
I like and the idea of making it a station. That yeah. way you kind of walk around. And if you need to be meeting with a small group, you can be working with a small group. Right. And that that can the notes station can be your small group and you can answer questions that you need to answer. But this is mm-hmm. what it should look like in your notebook. This is how we're going to put this in. This is why this is important. I'm going to borrow that idea. I really like that idea of making yeah. it like a note station. I never thought about doing a note station. That is really good. At the note station, do you have like a, a copy of it already made and it just copy? I do, yes, because I, I have a copy of the notebook at all times. Okay. And the reason I do that, I keep up with it because kids are absent. Uh-huh. They don't, they're not there. Yeah. You also have some kids who are much slower writers than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can borrow <laughs> your copy. And as you are, and sometimes, you know, when you're going through notes, you have to move a little bit quicker. So for your slower writers, I already have the notes already written in my book. I hand them my book and they copy and listen. I like that a lot. It it helps with those who uh, write a little bit slower, Mm -hmm. who need a little bit more time to put everything in the notebook. But I always, always, always have my own copy. I like that because that does require some prep on your end and not waiting till the last minute to, to get it to get it done or try to get it done. It's like, you feel like you have to prep your notebook far enough in the head so that they can be prepared. So that anybody listening, any new teachers saying, if you're going to do interactive notebook, go ahead and prep it right ahead of time to do that. And it, it, make, it makes things so much easier. It really does. And then if your standards are the same next year, it's already done. That's a good point. You yeah. already have that notebook done and finished. So yeah. Do, who do you uh, buy yours from? I know you mentioned earlier you get it from someone. So who does do you um, get like a collection? Uh, there's of a lot classes? of, there's so many things on uh, Teachers Pay Teachers. Uh-huh. Let me tell you, my favorites, um, I love the science duo, but I absolutely love this man named Chris Kessler. Okay, I'll make sure to leave He them. is, <laughs> he, he's based out of Texas and he has lab stations. He has like five E lessons that are completely 100% done for you. Like, so if you're a new teacher and you're struggling to get PowerPoints done and you're struggling to have all this stuff, Kessler has these five E lessons that have the word wall, the objectives. He's got homework. He's got an assessment. He's got the PowerPoint. He's got modified notes. He's got the the notebook stuff and lab stations. Wow. And I'm thinking like for ESL teachers that are pushing in or co-teaching in a science classroom, how you can possibly pull, use maybe the Chris Kessler resources, yes. pull your student and, and reteach or go over whatever the science teacher was Absolutely. teaching in the classroom. Is it with a C or a K or how do you? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's just Chris, C-H-R-I-S and Kessler mm-hmm. is only one S, K-E-S-L-E-R. Okay. So anybody listening, I'll make sure to link it, um, his store um, in the show notes so you all can have access to it as well. Lauren, before we go, I do want to ask you, um, do you think background knowledge is important in the science classroom? Um, not necessarily. And, and I say that because every year in science, you learn something different. Uh-huh. So sixth grade science, and like seventh grade science does not build on sixth grade science. Okay. Eighth grade science does not build on seventh grade science. They are completely different animals. So uh-huh. you learn completely different things in each of those sciences. So the most important thing when it comes to science, in my opinion, is vocabulary. Oh, wow. Wow. So if you all heard it. Yeah. yeah. Is there a lot of reading in science? Uh, there is. Yeah. Especially now with the state tests, they've added uh, reading passages. So now instead of just answering questions, they have to read a passage and then answer questions about the passage that they just read. 
So how are you addressing it in your classroom with your students? Not even ESL, yeah. but any other student. Because well, I just you know what? Let me tell you. have a little piece of reading and then you just, a There's, picture maybe. I always yeah. add, and, and this is why I love Chris Kessler. Mm-hmm. He has, a, when in, in his lab stations, he has a read it station. Oh. And they have to read something and then they have to answer four questions. And when I'm doing the read it station, I have them read. I have them answer the four multiple choice questions, but I do make them go back and cite their evidence. Oh, I love that. I love and in order to, standards. Yeah. yeah, in order to accommodate my ESL students or my students that might need a little bit of help, especially with the vocabulary, I use this wonderful, wonderful website called Rewordify. Mm, yeah. And Rewordify, what you can do is not only will it simplify a passage for you, you can make, what I do is I make a vocabulary list out of the uh-huh. passages. So that way they're still exposed to those words but they have the meaning of those words in case they need it sitting right there. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. I love it. Yeah. So rewordify is the greatest thing ever made. It will simplify an entire website. Yay. I I love it. An entire website. I love it. I love that because that's a good way to kind of, and I know when rewordify you all, if you haven't ever heard of it, it'll like pull out those vocabulary words or those words and just kind of like just a good simple way to to explain it. Yeah. And you can make close, uh, you can make close reading notes too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure another thing too, with you all too, that we've used last year that is a really great tool. It's called wordsmith.net. Um, and with wordsmith is, is that it's a dictionary, but you can choose the level of um, how hard or difficult you want the word to be. So it's like beginner, intermediate, advanced. So I love it because you can make very simple definitions, pull it out and like, hey, this is a really easy definition. So if you're out there, I'll make sure to link Wordsmith and Rewordify for you all. If you are trying to like teach vocabulary and science and you're kind of like, what? Um, they're great resources to make, make it very simple for the students. Uh, Laura, before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Um, um. There is one thing that I've noticed that a lot of my students are using more and more and more. And I think it's fantastic for all students, not just our ESL students, because it exposes them to different languages. Duolingo. You know what? I've been sleeping on Duolingo. Um, So can you share what it is? Because I feel like it's like... It is a fabulous, and you can, it's an app on your phone. I uh-huh. use it on my phone and my cat just came in here. So I apologize. She's, <laughs> loud, she's a loud cat. Um, but she, um, excuse me, not she. Duolingo is wonderful. It's got tons of different languages on there. <laughs> tons of different languages. So I have my ESL student right now is learning English, uh-huh. but all of the kids that are around him are learning Spanish. Oh, wow. And then I have another group of kids who want to learn French. So they're playing around on Duolingo and learning French. Why? Just because they want to and because they can. Oh, wow. It's a lot of fun. It's like a game. Uh And then there's just lessons every single day. So you try to just keep up with the new lessons every single day. Um, But I've noticed that I will see Santiago sitting in class and I'll see that he's got the Duolingo up and I'll hear the, I'll hear the noise. Uh I'll hear the noise as he's doing it. I'm sorry. my cats. No, you're fine. I'm sure there are people watching that are cat lovers. I mean, you're perfectly fine. Yeah. She's 21. (laughs) She's earned the right. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's so many kids who are using that now and it's just because it's fun. Uh-huh. They just want to use it because like, hey, I think I feel like I should learn Spanish. Let me play around with Duolingo. I, I have a friend of mine who's learning Japanese. I have another friend who's learning French. And it's um, it's a fantastic site because it starts you off at a beginner level uh-huh. and then slowly moves you up. I'm, 
try it. it. And you all, before you go out and try to buy this with your own money, see if your district would buy it for you. I feel like our district is free or included or something like that. I so, think Duolingo is free. Yeah. So make yeah. sure you all don't go out and with anything, Lauren, even on teacher pay teacher, you all just see if your school will buy those resources for you first. Before yes. you spend a dime. <laughs> right. Because yeah. the Kessler, uh, the Kessler yeah. Science actually has a membership. Uh-huh. that schools can sign up for. Exactly. So definitely yeah. check before you take out your own money. She said Duolingo is free, the Kessler membership. Um, definitely see if those can, your, te- your school can use any kind of PD funds or anything to, to purchase those resources for you. Um, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. I did not hit record, but we're, we're going to make it work. I'm going <laughs> to... I think I can just download it from Facebook. So it's no big deal. Okay. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you all so much for being here with us today. And Lauren, thank you so much of for course. stopping by and sharing all of your resources. Lauren, if anybody wants to find you or contact you or have any follow-up questions, um, what's a good way for them to reach out to you? Um, I feel like the easiest way would be just to send me a message on Facebook Messenger. I think that would be the easiest way for everybody to get in touch with um, it usually notifies me if somebody sends me a message so I can get back to them, you know, whenever I can. Okay. And I will make sure to link that graphic organizer Lauren had all the resources that she mentioned as well. Um, and I also will link her uh, messenger. She is very, very responsive um, and attentive. So she will definitely get back with you all. Absolutely. So if you all have any questions, if you're watching on Facebook, tag Lauren, tag me. We'll be more than happy to answer any follow-up questions that you all may have. And Lauren, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Uh, it. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, myadventuresinesl.com for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today and remember to stay positive and always have high expectations for your English language learners. See you soon.